We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. Obviously, we already did our post-game recap on Wednesday night, so you guys have listened to that. We thank you so much. But now it's time to move on. We got two games this weekend: the San Antonio Spurs and the Detroit Pistons. And joining me is my good friend, the man rocking the Setting the Pace T-shirt right now, the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, Taylor Swift album coming out tonight. What's bigger, Pacers Pistons or Pacers Spurs? Excuse me, or Taylor Swift album? It depends who you talk to. To me, Pacer Spurs is bigger. To my wife, that album is just taking over her life right now. Uh, someone leaked it early. I know she's she's very flustered on if she should listen to it or wait and for the real thing for Taylor. But anyway, speaking about the setting the pace shirts uh, that I am rocking right now, I heard that a couple of our listeners were wearing them for yeah, the Carters. opener. Hey, I love that. Guys, I mean, seeing you represent is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to, to me. Honestly, I really love that that support right over there. Yeah. And, uh, hey, you never know. Whenever we're going to do another shirt launch, if you guys are interested, let us know in advance. But for now, Alex, man, we're going on to game two of the season thing. Life comes at you quick. I'm ready for game two. Yeah, so we're going to have Jeff Garcia on from Locked On Spurs to talk and preview that game, and then we're going to have our fan of the week on to close out the show. But before that, we got some housekeeping to do, Fauci. Miles Turner, update on that ankle injury. He will be out for about a week is what it's looking like. So no Miles Turner this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how the Pacers can play without him, but that's a big deal, Fauci. It really is. Look, we talked about it last night that we hope this wasn't going to be a serious injury. And, you know, you can make an argument that, hey, a week is definitely not serious. But 
this is also a Pacers team that we know every win might not be necessary. So I think it is important to not rush Turner back. We have seen him deal with, you know, foot ankle injuries before, whatever you want to call it to be exact. I, I mm-hmm. think there's no need to rush him back, but he will most definitely be out for the Spurs game, the Pistons game, the 76ers, uh, Chicago Bulls, and then probably I would imagine that other game against the Washington Wizards, which is next Friday. Yeah, well, he might make his debut coming back just to uh, get on national TV since that might be the only time he gets on there. Until he trades the Lakers, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but now you feel bad for Miles, and like Miles said today, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to deal with it. And unfortunately, you know, it's not what he wanted. He's been rehabbing to get back. Said his family was in town to watch him play, and then he has this setback. He said, thankfully, it was just the ankle. It was not the foot. So that's the big thing there. We're not doctors. I'm not trying to get into it too much, but that's that's key because we know he's had foot problems. It's never really been an ankle problem. So I know he's had ankle injuries previously, but it's not been the stress fracture that's kind of held him out So um, with that ankle stuff. So that's good to know in terms of hopefully getting him back because, you know, giving up that many points in the first half last night, once again, Fachi, it's like you realize, like, the points and the pain, it was a big deal. You do miss the presence. You do miss the presence of Miles Turner, even though you're probably going to get similar stats that he has for his entire career. His presence out there alone does make a a difference in terms of impacting the defense. So we're going to miss Miles Turner, but it's also a good opportunity for some of these young guys already early in the season to to see what they can do with that center position. And I'm curious to see what Rick Carlisle does over the next couple of games, knowing that, you know, Miles won't be there. No, it's true. Look, it's not like there's just this, uh, you know, vast supply of bigs on this team. I mean, if you really got to shatter the glass, the emergency glass, sure, you got like a James Johnson you could throw out there, but I don't know how much it's really going to move the needle for the Pacers right now because it's not just Turner's three blocks per, you know, per game uh, over there. It's the amount of shots that he alters. It's the amount of second guesses that opposing players, you know, have when going at the rim. It's settling for a jumper instead of taking it in the paint. And last night, you, know, you just touched on it. Pacers got – they got beat bad in the paint. I mean, it, it it was quite the whooping. And that's the Washington Wizards that we're talking about, all right? It's not like this you – know, it's not like they got the second coming of Shaq over there. So it just feels like we need to get Turner back if we wanted to look a little bit prettier out there. But overall, it's a wait and see right now. But – Alex, that wasn't kind of the only notable news, a little bit off the court. The Pacers mm. revealed uh, a New Jersey design. Let's just say it was not quite popular. Not quite popular is a nice way of putting it, Fudge. It is. You know, as soon as we got done recording this podcast last night, I told you, I got to go poop. I've got to get off here. Man. I got to use the bathroom. It was killing me. You didn't say me. that. And uh, so we didn't talk afterwards like we usually do. I asked a dude when I went to the bathroom. These jerseys are worse than that, Fachi. Okay. Ooh. They're disgusting. I mean, who would wear one? Number one, who would buy one? Number two, who would wear one? Like, I get support of the team, but these are gross. If these are really what they're going to be doing, the color scheme doesn't even hardly make any sense to me. Um, a lot of the jerseys we've seen have been throwback jerseys, like the Pistons going with their old 90s jerseys. Like, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get some kind of Pacers throwback jersey because, like, it's not like a, a, an earned jersey for making the playoffs. So whatever they're trying to do, it looks like two cranes – 
are connecting or something like that yeah. to make the bottom of the jersey. It's like some royalish blue on top with like a blackish navy on the bottom. It's ugly. It's disgusting. The lettering looks like something you type up and, you know, like just going on, you know, Microsoft and typing in like Times New Roman or something stupid, Ariel, something like that. It's just very basic, boring, and ugly. Like there's no better way to put it. This jersey straight up stinks. This looks like a fifth grader won a contest of who gets to design <laughs> this jersey for the Pacers. And then Bocci, just, let me cut you off there. I think a fifth grader could do better than this. I think they. I think someone could. Look, I've never been artistic, but I, I like. I like to think that I could come up with a jersey that some people might be interested in. And this just isn't it. I mean, I would like to see the sales numbers on this jersey because you put some new type of jersey out there, people are typically going to be interested. This one, I have not heard one person say, yo, that's fire, or I'm going to need to get that. The, the reactions have not been positive. What was your thoughts on the hickory red jersey with the gold shorts? Did you like that or no? I mean, it was cool. Like, you could definitely be like, oh, wow, all right. Yeah, I can see where they're going with that old school. All right. Who like, I know it right? wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, that. Like I know it wasn't over the top popular, but you could understand where they were going with it. Yeah. This is just like. I've heard people been like, oh, is that construction? Because we're going through a rebuild. Like people are coming up with theories over here. And it's just, I think you might have said yeah, I think you might have said, oh, is that because there's so much construction going on, like downtown or whatever you said? People are coming up with these theories out there, and there shouldn't be that much of a mystery centered around the design of a jersey. Yeah, it's bad. There's no way about it. Uh, there's no way around it. It's it's an ugly jersey. I would take the gray jersey, which I absolutely hate 10 out of 10 times over this one. So that's kind of where we're at. But Fachi, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We got Jeff Garcia coming on the show next, and we're going to talk all things Pacers Spurs for Friday night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, welcome back. We now bring on Jeff Garcia, host of Locked On Spurs and beat writer at Ken's Five. Jeff, what's going on? I am getting ready for the race at the bottom. That's what I'm doing. Hey. That, 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 that's exactly what I'm doing. I mean, don't look over your shoulder just yet because the Pacers were breathing down your yeah. neck. I mean, look, we're just one game into the regular season for the both of us. We are both 0-1. However, we lost a close one against the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Not Miles Turner. Maybe it could have gone either way. You guys, on the other hand, a 20-plus point defeat at the Hornets. Jeff, I'm going to be honest. Hornets were looking real sketch 
in the preseason. What were your initial takeaways from that first game for the Spurs? My, my first thought was, if this Hornets team without LaMelo Ball can do this to the Spurs, imagine if they play uh, Golden State Warriors of Philadelphia. Uh, uh, I was like, oh my goodness, like that, it could get, it could, can it get worse than a 35 point deficit at one point for San Antonio? It probably can, but look, this is, this is expected when coach Popovich comes out media day and says, don't go to Vegas and bet on us. That should tell you something right there <laughs> that this team is not going to do well. And look, is do you chalk it up just to it being a young team? Yes. I mean, go dip and down the box. You can say, yes, it's that. Is it their young? Check. First first year, I mean, sorry, first game jitters. Yes, Trey Jones after the game said that a lot of the younger players had that deer in headlights look for their first NBA game. Okay, fine. You get that out of the way. You you shake off the cobweb, shake off the rust. Season going to go forward. They play your Pacers uh, tonight. And all I can think of is, yeah, that that's not going to do it because they're probably going to get beat down again. Over and over again. I think they'll be scrappy at one point. I think they'll rise to the level of scrappiness where they'll just kind of be that irritant gnat kind of team after the all-star break. But eventually the talent on the opposite end is just going to overwhelm them. Uh, even tonight against your Pacers, the, the, the Pacers. Um, ben Matherin. Uh, by the way, I, I wanted the Spurs to get him if he was still on the board. I wanted him bad. Uh, you guys yes. hear that because the feeling's mutual. We yes. needed him. I was like, please don't get him. Please don't get him. Then dip off the board to Indiana. Uh, I, I think uh, Halliburton, same thing, is going to put a hurt on the Spurs. I really believe so. I think, I think it's basically, I think what's going to happen to the Spurs tonight exactly what may happen versus them against the Hornets. Last night, the Indiana Pacers gave up 58 points in the paint to the Ooh, Washington Wizards. One times. And that's how many yeah. points the Spurs scored in the paint, uh, in the paint yeah. against the, and the Hornets. So, you know, I'm looking at Yaka Pertle had seven of 13. He was pretty, you know, that's a good percentage for shooting wise. But I just feel no, like it's all at the rim, though. Right. Well, that yeah. might yeah. be okay yeah. because there's no Turner. So it's going to be him going yeah. up against guys like Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson, these young bigs the Pacers have that, you know, still have a lot of learning to do. You know, Isaiah Jackson's got a lot of upside, but. I think Pirtle's kind of that really skilled big that might be able to put a hurting on them. So this is going to be something I'm watching, though. I mean, are you are you a little bit, you know, thinking the Spurs might have an advantage there with the Pacers, you know, lack of, you know, rim protection? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Again, are they going to want to salvage, so, you know, like clean, wipe off the, the dirt off their face as a falling flat? Last night or a couple nights ago against the Hornets, yes, I, I think so. I think you're going to see a better effort of the team. But I just think if you just go by talent and which team has the better talent-wise, I think it a little slight edge to the Pacers with, as I mentioned, Matherin with uh, with Halliburton. And um, I believe the injury report as of this recording, I know Turner is out. Uh, Daniel Thice is out. I think Jalen Smith is questionable. So there's a chance he may play. He'll play. Yeah, he'll, he'll play. play. Yeah, yeah, if he plays, then it, it, it's just, it's just uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those. You know, I started thinking about this. I go, how for an 80, now 81 now, 81 games, how do I cover a team that's in that's tanking pretty much? And so I said, you know what? I did the last lockdown sports. I go, you know what, everybody? Just put this on repeat and replace the team name that they're playing. And there you go. Development. <laughs> Tanking, Wimbanyana, Scoot Henderson, good luck. 
Don't mess it up. Just get one of the worst three records and you're fine. How are you handling going about, you know, I'm covering you a team in a rebuild? I got you brought that up. Yeah, you know, it sounds like yeah. you beat me to the punch just a little bit over here. Because it's going to be a long season. It's something that, you know, really the both of us aren't really used to. I mean, the Pacers for about 20 plus years were, you know, a, a successful team, not as successful as the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. But how has your fan base adopted um, that rebuild <laughs> after 20 plus years of success? And think right. about it this way Coach Pop, Rick Carlisle, in nearly 2023, did you think either of those coaches would enter a rebuild in their lives at this point? No, no, I, I didn't. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Carlisle because historically, during his days in Dallas, he gave it to Pop. Uh, he just there were times he outcoached Pop, and there that's the reason why there was a Dallas San Antonio rivalry because Carlisle could really scheme against Pop schemes. So I, I think there was a this crazy stat like no like how close the Dallas and San Antonio games have been when Carlisle was on that side of the uh, of the uh, of the sidelines. Like I think it was like for a stretch of two three seasons, every single Spurs Mavericks game went down to the last second seven points. Even with Doncic and Nowitzki there, and Manu still there on the last legs. You know they're very competitive. So that my point is, Carlisle knows how to plan against the San Antonio coach team. As far as the fan base is concerned, yeah, the, uh, the they're they're definitely infighting. It's kind of a divide in the middle right now. It's Team Tank versus Team Chase the Play in spot. So there's a handful of Spurs fans that feel that this team shouldn't tank, that this team should, you know, develop fast with this core guys and let's get going. Let's go for success, whether that be a plane or a playoff berth. And then, of course, you got Team Tank who say, yeah, what's one season of pain? And then the, the, the light in the tunnel is Scoot Henderson or Wimbanyana. I So there, there's that payoff. So they're definitely – but here's the thing too. This is their first rebuild because the majority of these kids – were born during the Duncan Tony Manu era. Oh, definitely. Like, so for two decades now, two and a half decades, this Spurs fan base saw success championship, river parades, deep playoff runs, division titles, conference titles. Uh, so this is their new territory. The good news is, is I'm old enough to be around when the Spurs came to San Antonio from the ABA NBA merger. And I remember those lean years. And I remember going to the Spurs arena when they only had one level bowl and that was it. And everybody was allowed to smoke in there. So that's some old school stuff right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to games where they used to be able to smoke in your seat. And, and then, so there were some lean years. I think this is now my third rebuild with this team. I'm just kind of looking at some of the players for this young young core that you guys have you talked about developing a little bit and, and we know that Keldon Johnson did get that contract extension but somebody that really kind of cut me uh caught me by surprise was when he was drafted last year before the Pacers and that was Josh Primo oh, um, yes. talk, talk to me a little bit about Primo and, and what he looks like you know last mm-hmm. year as a rookie and then kind of what your expectations for him this season are yeah, I was surprised too. I was actually in Barclays when they announced, made the announcement that Primo went uh, 11. I read 11, right? Yeah. So was it 11? Yeah, it was 11. 12. 12, 12. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Um, the Spurs worked them out before the draft. They had a one workout with them. But again, I thought that was just a blip on the radar. I was like, okay, they're just doing their due diligence. Yay, move on. But 
when they drafted him, I was shocked. The whole arena was shocked. I was in the bowels of Barclays talking to people that were very close to the Spurs. And they were, they, these are people that were so close to the Spurs uh, that they came to me when they saw me and they said, do you know why they did this? That, that's how baffled everybody was. But they are really invested in him. They are. They are treating him like he could possibly be their next big thing. He's going to get his true test, NBA test this year. There's no DeJounte Murray ahead of him. He's gone. There's no Patty Mills there. They're, they're, they're long gone. There's no G League route for him. He's on that bad rotation now. Now we're like, well, where does he fit? He's, he's, he's a point guard, but he's also a guard, but he can play the three. So I think the Spurs like that switchability with him. The Spurs are letting him develop on his own timeline. They're not rushing him. They made it very clear where he's going to develop as he develops. So you look at practices uh, in this offseason, preseason, they're taking more time with him off to the side. So they see something big in him. So will that pan out? I don't know because this is we're going to see the first true dose of Josh Primo out on the NBA court. In the preseason, he did well. He 20-plus point games. Uh, his his uh, first game of the, the season, good, double-figure scoring, good. But they really see him as a big piece moving forward in this rebuild. Hey, my last question before we let you go is, say things are to go the Spurs way. Yes, Outside sir. of scoring more points than the Pacers, because you got to do that to get a win, <laughs> what would need to go right for the Spurs in order to walk away with the W against the Pacers on Friday? Yeah, uh, I think play with more physicality. They look very timid out there. They look deer in headlights. Look, I think you you if they just come out and play, you know, physical with your guys, I, I think they will be okay. And also, they need a heavy dose of Devin Vassell. Keldon Johnson can't do it by himself. He can't. He needs to have that counterpart there. So you, I'm looking at physicality collectively from the Spurs. Don't play soft, as Trey Jones said after the game. He said we played soft. And don't get shocked and if your your Pacers come out and punch the Spurs in the mouth. I think that really just caught them off guard. So physicality, heavy dose of Devin Vassell, play like you've been there. All right, Jeff, I've got one last question for you, and then we're going to wrap it up here with our conversation. Give me a prediction for tomorrow night's game. Yes, sir. For all that stuff. Yes, sir. Um, uh, Pacers 120, Spurs 100. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I think it'll be in that area. I think. Hey, it's it's progress. Look, it's not a thirty-five point deficit for the Spurs. It's a twenty-point <laughs> deficit. Little steps. So, it's their first road game too, and a lot of the young players are are going to experience that as well. That's a good and point. It, so, I, I think again that type of playing in enemy territory may rattle them a bit. We'll shall, we shall see. We definitely will see. Yeah. All right, man. We'll let people know where they can find Jan on social media to keep up with all of your Spurs coverage and. Uh, you know, here you talk glowingly about this young tanking team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, tanking team. Wow. Here we go again. Yeah, hey, it paid off with D-Rob and uh, Tim Duncan. Hopefully, it'll pay off that again. Pacers deserve one Benyama more than your Spurs. I'll just say that. We've been through no, ho, ho, you already no, got you, you already got Duncan. We've never had a player like that. <laughs> uh, you can uh, obviously uh, check out Locked on Spurs, uh, available anywhere. Pick a podcast platform. We're there. Uh, there's a YouTube page and and much, much more. Go to kens5.com slash Spurs. 
all the stuff is there from yes, custom sneakers. Yeah, the uh, Spurs are giving away these really cool custom sneakers, nice. and uh, really nice. Alex, that's how bad it is. I'm looking for any type of uh, fun thing to talk sneakers. about this season. Sneakers, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do. Yeah, whatever you got to do. So yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be great. Yeah, kidsfight.com/slash/spurs, and of course, check out Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hey Jeff, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on, and uh, good luck on Friday. Yes, yes. Good luck to you guys, too. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right, everybody. We are here now to talk with our fan of the week. We are back in action, Fachi, with the fan of the week. And starting us off here for the 2022-2023 season is Ethan Howe. Ethan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Hi. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm a longtime listener, and uh, congratulations on getting past 500 episodes. That's yeah. impressive. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's uh it's really exciting to see that we've come this far in terms of just producing the content, right? Now, who listens? We don't know, but we know it's cool <laughs> to talk to people that do. And uh, Ethan, that's why you're on the show. So just, you know, you said you've been a fan for a long time. You're rocking a George Hill jersey. You got some George Hill jerseys there in the back. So yeah. when did you first become a Pacer fan? Ooh, Pacer fan. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jermaine O'Neal. And then uh, I was always following the Pacers, but they hit that kind of that slump when then they got Danny Granger, who was a scoring machine where I could not turn off those games where Danny Granger was going off. And then once it was Danny Granger and Paul George show, I mean, that's when I was watching every game and couldn't turn them off. Everybody remembers the Jim O'Brien years uh, in a non-fond way. So, yeah, I mean, that was a rough time for everybody. But Danny Granger did make those t- uh, those those years exciting. I mean, you talked about when you became a fan, but is there like a certain game or anything that you really look back and you're like, man, that that just had me hooked forever? I've got to say, I mean, it's, of course, those Paul George, when when I liked Paul George, when he was a committed Pacer fan, when he would just dunk all over the Miami Heat, that, that Birdman dunk. Oh, yeah. I mean... That and any big hitter block. I mean, I those were that's when I was just like, This is my team. I'm all in. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm right there with you. That was a super fun time, and you just felt like, even though you probably knew in the back of your mind, like, we're not going to beat the Heat, you just felt like there was a chance. Big chance. Just as everything bounced, the ball bounced the right way, we might get in there. So, I mean, I totally understand that, but you know, let's kind of fast forward. I guess we can go back to last season a little bit. Rick Carlisle comes in. We've got this same core kind of together, you know, the, the, the Turbonis core with Brogdon, TJ Warren, and hopefully, you know, Karis LeVert coming up and really thinking, okay, this might be a fun playoff team with Carlisle here. And then everything just kind of goes south and then they go into a complete rebuild. So talk to me a little bit about the rebuild and, and maybe what your thoughts were on that previous core. I mean, with any Pacer team, especially after Victor Oladipo, when somehow we got out of that looking okay, I, I was optimistic. You know, I, I watched the highlights of Karis LeVert, which is how you get into Karis LeVert. But then when you watch him play, you're like, oh, he's kind of holds on to the ball a little too long. But, you know, I saw the potential of Sabonis. I, I was never fully in on the two center lineup. Yeah. But I was just like, you know, like any Pacer team, they might get to an eight seed, seven seed. And at least, you know, I get to watch some Pacer playoff games. But I mean, when we walked away with Halliburton, I remember where I was looking at my phone. I'm like, how did we get him? How did we get the like wonder boy out of Sacramento that everyone was so high off? I'm like what I thought it was going to be De'Aaron Fox. I was a hundred percent sure if we were going to get anyone out of that De'Aaron Fox. But I think this is the first time as a Pacer fan, I'm committed to the rebuild. I'm okay with not being mediocre. 
And it's, it's honestly a meme at this point for the Pacers to be that, you know, 42 to 45 win team losing the first round and then try and bring it back. But I mean, I'm, I'm committed with this young team and where they're trying to go and trying to get a high lottery pick. Let's get Victor Wembanyama in this team. Ooh, I hope so. But I mean, Alex and I, big Sabonis fans, but all of a sudden, just like you mentioned, you bring in Tyrese Halliburton. I'm going to be honest. I didn't shed a tear for losing Sabonis because I was thrilled. Oh, my God, the future's bright. We got Tyrese Halliburton in here. You're bringing in Jalen Smith. I mean, we got the draft picks coming. So it's a weird spot to be in. But what are you really looking for for these games? Because, Alex, and I, we know it's going to be a long season. The winds might not be pouring in left and right. But what's like the number one or two things you're looking for on a daily basis? I mean, I think this is just any sort of opportunity for Halliburton to like prove he's a leader. Like we know he has the skills. He can pass the ball like no one else. Last night he showed us he can score. I mean, some of those pull up threes. I'm like, I didn't think that was Halliburton that was playing. I was like, wow, this is a new guy. And I just think like he needs to be the leader because if he's going to be the person this team is putting everything around, then, you know, he needs to be that leader. He needs to, you know, bring around Matherin and a lot of our young guys and just kind of step up. And yeah, no, I'm not expecting wins, but this is just an opportunity to know who's a good player, who's not, and who we can actually take to the future. Well, since you said you've been a faithful listener of the show, I'm curious, is there like something I or Fachi has said that you're just kind of like, man, I don't agree with that at all. And you want to bring that up to either of one of us, or is there something that you thought we've said that you were like totally in agreement on? And you're like, yeah, I dig that point. I'm just curious. I like to hear the feedback. Uh, I mean, recently, I think we're a little too quick to get behind them hard. I like what I saw, but like when people are just like, why is TJ McConnell playing? Where's the net? That's like, hold on, slow down. Like I liked what he played in the preseason, but let's remember it's preseason. Like, I think that I think that we have some talented young guys, but when we get like really down to the roster, like we can get excited, but I don't think, you know, if Nemhard scores 15 points in a preseason game, that doesn't mean we should be benching TJ McConnell in a fourth quarter to stick him out there in a real NBA game. Like, let's just slow down a little bit. Did, did either of us say that, Fachi? I can't remember. No, no, we. I think, we were, just, I think it was more people bringing in questions about Nemhard promoting Nemhard. I got you. Slow down. Exactly. I mean, like, like Niagara Falls, it was pouring in there saying, look, <laughs> TJ McConnell, he's got to go. We got to get Nemhard in there. It's like, whoa, look, if Nemhard gets in there, it's not like we win last night's game. You know, yeah. it's it's like that was game one of 82. <laughs> Nemhard will play, but it might not just be yet. But talking about another rookie, what was your initial thoughts on Benedict Matherin's debut last night? Because, whoo, he's got Pacer Nation feeling pretty good. I mean, I think it's, if anything, it's the confidence. Any decision he makes, he's not, he's not like thinking about it. He's just like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to score. I'm going to make the right play. I mean, that last like minute, minute and a half of last night's game where I thought he was going to hit that second three, I thought he was going to take over that game. And when he hit that like shot on the baseline where he kind of turned around and I think that confidence is something that, like, I really need in a Pacers player. The confidence that you're going to win and you're going to win here in Indiana. Oh, big time. And it, think about this. He gets in the game, I mean, immediately runs right at seven foot three. Christos Porzingis banks nope, it in, here. wasted no time, didn't hesitate, loved it. Yeah, no, yeah, no fear is right. I mean, I, I, we, we can't talk enough about how much we love Benedict Mather, and it's almost becoming sick at this point. Like, it's like an open love letter to him every podcast. But it is. I think it's it's fair because of where we're at right now and where we're at as a, as a franchise. 
going into rebuilds, you got to find the positives. And right now, he's been the most enjoyable pacer to watch. But, you know, I did really think Tyrese Halliburton played great last night in his first season, uh, you know, opener here with the Pacers. So it's going to be fun. But uh, my last question for you here, Ethan, is do you have any hot takes or bold predictions for this upcoming Pacers season? I think Terry Taylor is going to be the next P.J. Tucker and in the future is going to play incredibly valuable playoff minutes for this team. Anytime uh, P.J. Tucker gets signed to a team, every analyst is like, this is a great signing. I think Terry Taylor's next. Oh, I love that. Percentage up. I think he's going to defend. I think he's, he's the 6'5", what, like 230, 240-pound just like bulldog that's going to – if he can get that three-point shot up, I think he's the next P.J. Tucker, and that's what you need on a team that's trying to win in the NBA. Hey, that, that's a great hot take right there. I'd say that's one that I wasn't expecting, but I'm all for it. I love it. People have been raving about Terry all offseason. Awesome to see him get the start on opening night. Great experience. Plus, we also heard Miles Turner could be out for at least another week or so. So this could be some really good experience for moving forward. Ethan, as we wrap up, please tell everybody where they could find you at on social media. I'm on Twitter at, at Ethan Hout. I don't really have any social media other than that to plug, but I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's awesome, and uh, I love that you guys engage with your fans so much. It's, it's great to see you out of a podcast that's doing so well right now. Absolutely. appreciate you. So thank you very yeah. much for you know being faithful to the show all these years, through the highs, the lows, the good, the bad. We appreciate you. Okay, Fachi, so a lot on today's show. We had our Miles Turner update. We had the nasty jerseys coming out. Jeff Garcia came on the show to talk a little Pacer Spurs with us. And then we had our fan of the week on Ethan. So great way to kind of wrap up this week. It's been a fun week of Pacers basketball. And now we just get to be excited because we get more Pacers basketball for another 81 games. That we do. But also, as it relates to fan of the week, guys, if you want to be on the show, please let us know. Let us know. Read at us that you want to be the fan of the week. We want to give back to our listeners who truly make this show. So please let us know. We're going to be picking a fan of the week every single week for the remainder of the season. But also, Alex. This week, we're going to get to see a rookie showdown between Benedict Matherin and Jaden Ivey, the Mm. battle for who should have been a Pacer. I know there was a big chunk of Pacer Nation that wanted Jaden Ivey and was ready to give a haul for him. And now there's that other chunk that was saying, hey, I wanted Matherin the whole time, and I'm glad we didn't make a move just to move up for Ivey. So we're going to get to see those two face off. I'm pumped for it. I'm excited, too, and without Miles, I'm excited to see how they play against Jalen Duren. That, that game, to me, is going to be more exciting to watch in the Spurs game. Like, you guys can probably tell from Jeff's energy right there that, you know, this Spurs team is not going to be very fun to watch all season long. So, with that being said, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them play against the Pistons. Bojan Bogdanovic is now at Detroit, so, you know, got some more Indiana ties there as well. But, yeah, it's going to be a good one. And, of course, Dwayne Casey, Rick Carlisle, they used to coach together in Dallas, so – you got that storyline as well. Just a lot of fun things here. And, you know, I'm sure Benedict Matherin is going to have something to prove. You know, Jaden Ivey won pick before him. A lot of Pacer fans, including ourselves, wanted Jaden Ivey. You can't blame us, obviously. But, you know, with that being said, Benedict Matherin wants to show Jaden Ivey, hey, it's cute, man. You went ahead of me, but I'm going to win rookie of the year. Oh, absolutely. You know, the confidence <laughs> from Matherin is sky high, and you know, a lot of these players, even if they don't make it known, they remember the guys ahead of them. Oh, I've heard Draymond Green name every single player that was drafted before him, and Draymond went in the second round. So I'm positive Benedict Matherin knows 
the the five guys that were selected before him in the draft. But you know, we're talking about that Spurs game. Look, the Spurs, the Jazz, two of the teams that looked like major competition for the Pacers as it relates to getting the number one overall pick. Spurs, I mean, the the Jazz won by uh, 21 points last night, and the Spurs got beat by over 20. So the Spurs, that's a game that I'm not saying we're overlooking over here, but I feel like the Pacers probably get the dub over there. Detroit, on the other hand, they're 1-0. I do think that's going to be a battle. That's going to be a lot of fun, in my opinion. I think the Pacers are good enough to beat the Spurs, but, hey, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, and then I also want to give everybody an update on our Fantasy Football League, okay? This is something I'm supposed to be doing every week, and I've kind of let that slide a little bit just because I've been so excited. But got to give it up to John Byer, who is currently 5-1. And, and there's another team that's 5-1. and one, That is uh, Sean Bratton, 5-1 and one as well. Both teams have done really well. But John has 747 points for So his team has scored the most points. Fachi, uh, surprisingly, I am 3-3 three and three in the league. But I'm the lowest scoring team in the league. Oh well. my god! You know, so, I was going to ask, where are you? Now I hear you got this fluke schedule going on where you're three and three, but you got the lowest hey, points. I, I, mean, I made some trades. My team is actually producing much better than it was. Sixteen team leagues are very hard. Are. Um, it's going to be a bad week for me though because I've got Kirk Cousins, AJ Brown, uh, Adam Thielen, Henderson all on by. So I am. Uh, Riding it out there um, with Matt Ryan, Latavius Murray, Rex Burkhead, Chris Godwin, Gerald Everett, the Raiders defense, and Graham Gano trying to pull out a victory. So it's going to be a very stinky week for me again, Fachi. But second place in my division, I will say that Jake Elrod is there at 4 and 2 just ahead of me. So, okay, you, know, uh, you know, just got to give a little shout out to all the guys that have been playing really well. There's been a lot of activity, so that's cool to see as well. But yeah, other than that, I'll give another shout out here to Cameron Ball, four and two, and Eric uh, Mueller. Mueller, excuse me, can't say his name. I apologize, Eric. Four and two as well, leading his division. So, you know, it's uh, it's been fun. It's been very competitive. But you know, right now, John Byer looks like the the head, the favorite to, to win it all, Flash. But that is our setting the pace fantasy update. Man, Rex Burkhead, Latavius Murray, I'd be giving you a compliment if it was 2019, but at this point... 2016? <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, we're, we're going to turn back the clock. I got Melvin Gordon, you. too. I just don't know which one to play, man. You're the Broncos well, guy. Uh, as a Broncos fan, Melvin Gordon was announced as the starter, to be honest. I think that uh, Nathaniel Hackett got bullied into that decision because <laughs> Melvin Gordon barely even played last week. Exactly. And, you know, that so I kind of... was bad. That was bad. Yeah. So we got some problems over in Denver, but you know what? I'm not going to project those issues onto you guys over here. So, Alex, shall I tell everybody where they can find us on social Bachi, media? Please do that. I've been rambling too much about fantasy football. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace Three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You could find us on Facebook Setting the Pace. You could find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. You can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast, where our Fan of the Week segments will be uploaded every single week. So if you want to see your beautiful face on YouTube with us talking Pacers basketball, get on over there, subscribe to our channel. Let us know you love what we're doing over there. And if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. We would love to see our ratings and reviews get up to 300. We're about 252 right now. So 
we gave a giveaway, a couple giveaways last year for what was it, 200 or something like that. So, yep. If we get to 300, we might have to be giving some tickets away, Fachi, something like that. Yep. So, let us know if you guys are interested. Tell your friends, tell your family, whatever. Give us a five star rating interview. But, Fachi, if you're excited to see Benedict Matherin once again add more statistics to his Rookie of the Year campaign, then say these three words Let's go, Pacers! Let's go, Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.